Hi, I'm Kevin. And I'm Josh. And we're hosting a new show from Big Talk Podcast called Junk Drawer. Did you ever wonder where all the crap in your junk drawer comes from? Like, really comes from? Well, we do. So each episode, we give you the history of all that shit you have stuck in that cluttered mess. Who invented scotch tape? What are bouncy balls made of? What is an NFT? And to keep you guessing, we'll be swapping off hosting duties each episode. That's right. The host is going to pick the topic and rock out some sweet research, and the other one sits there and learns. So join us every two weeks as we go rummaging through our junk drawer. Wait, junk drawer. We already did it. We're good. We know. Okay. All right. You want to do it again? Kevin and Josh will reveal a lot about all of the stuff that you forgot. Some of it may come as quite a shock, it's just lying in your junk drawer. Hey Kim! What? You want to be on the podcast again? Could you not find someone? No, I just thought it'd be a fun thing that we'd do every other episode. You want to... You want to do it regularly? Hi, I'm Kim Buller, and who the fuck are you? Take that as a yes. Settle in as we begin to tell you about some friends. Folks you know in Chicago and some you've never met. We'll talk about the things they say and do. There's a question posed to old and new. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Kevin Alvis, and welcome back to another episode of Who the Fuck Are You? Hello, everyone. Thanks for coming back and listening and joining in and having all this fun with us. Uh, We, not too long ago, had a little episode called Getting to Know Your Host, because, you know, like I said that time, it was hard to get guests sometimes, but I also realized that I had a lot of fun just hanging out, doing a short little episode like this, and also makes my life a little less hectic when I can just sit down in my home and record when I need to. So I think what we're going to do is, I think now every month what we're going to give you is one full-length interview with a star from Chicago and a little short, fun episode called Getting to Know Your Host with me, Kevin Alvis, your host. And also joining me again, and hopefully almost every single time as long as she's available, will be my lovely wife, the talented Kim Bowler. Hey, Kim. Hi. I'm still here in the apartment. You're still here. Thanks for staying with me long enough to record another episode. Just Thanks. try and make me go out in public. Yeah. I dare you. <laughs> try and make me go outside. Um, thanks, Kim, for coming to sit down with me. I know you were just watching Marvel's What If, so I appreciate Man, right? such a good trip. Right? I appreciate you taking a break and coming to hang out. But I yeah, that's it. Oh, I'm done, babe. Oh, well, you got them all? I, yeah. I, I, I got them all. I what got was them your all favorite? in there. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we go any for, further, this might be spoilers for Marvel's What If. Okay, so what was your favorite episode? Uh, they were all pretty good. Yeah? I like the, the serial killer Kind of. Oh, um, the Hank Pym? Yeah, I yeah, like that one. That was Just really cool. I, well, Black Widow was a key player in that. And, you know, the Avengers are dude heavy. So I was like, mm-hmm. I always like hearing my lady storylines. Mm-hmm. And so, they're all badasses, too. So Yeah. So, um, 
Captain Carter was good. Yeah. I enjoyed the zombie one because I love the fact that the zombies still had the powers of the Avengers yeah, and still had the in- instinct to use those powers to fight off people who were trying to kill them. I thought that was a great little twist. On I like the Doctor Strange one. That was cool. Yeah. It's actually just a really good show. I mean, Marvel's, Marvel's doing the, it right. The animation is very good. I enjoyed that thoroughly. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of, I know it's, uh, it's, it's very new school with a touch of old school feel. Like it's kind of got like a, an 80s Disney uh, animated by hand kind of feel, you know? Um, do you remember um, the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie? Which one? The hot air balloon one. Do you remember mm. that? Hmm. I I, so. I distinctly remember. I love that movie, um, but the animation style was so unique at the time for my eyes, and it kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Uh, Kim, we did uh, last time you were here. We did a quick like four minutes of getting to know you, uh, and we said if we did this again, that we would get to know you a little bit more did uh, we, every did we time talk about that? for like four minutes. Yeah, just real fast. I mean, just, you know, four minutes. Um, so let's go with then. Um, you are, we, st- we talked about last time about how you switched from um, marine biology major into a theater major. Um, this time I'd like to find out, now that we know that you're an actor and a director, who was the most influential actor or comic or musician that you looked up to uh, in your building of your career? Carol Burnett, for sure. For sure. Carol Burnett at the tippy top. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember watching her um, and that was the first time I'd been exposed to a comedic actress. I remember seeing her in Annie. I was like, awesome! And just being a kid and not realizing how prolific she was i think that for like my formative years it was it, it was more about the stories that i saw had an effect on me and i didn't necessarily attach them to specific actors or actresses like i okay. had you know like i had a fucking crush on christian slater I didn't go, oh, my God, do you know what Christian Slater, he is, like, the best actor out there. He is so <laughs> He's the good. most influential so person. So I, I understood that while Christian Slater was a hot, was a hot, hot, hottie, he wasn't the best actor in the world. Um, and so having my finger on it, you know, like uh, Winona Ryder. I thought Winona Ryder was really cool in, in, in high school. But lately it's, it's, um, I really love like Tiffany Haddish. She's, and she's a storyteller. Like, like I really appreciate, I, I think she's, I think it's just like, there are so many people that I've seen and appreciated telling a story and they may or may not be the best actor out there. So it's, I've never been. So it's really just coming down to who's telling the stories. Like who's, who's, who's been like influential as far as like styles of stories? Or is it just kind of a feeling rather than a person? It's, I think it's a little bit more chaotic than that. Like Alan Rickman. I love Alan Rickman. I fell in love with Alan, 
Alan Rickman during Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And he was the bad guy. I fell in love with him as the bad guy. And then because of that movie, kind of started digging into Alan Rickman and realized, oh, he's a great actor. He's a truly terrific actor. So as and as as far as being influenced by an actor, um, I just don't know if that's the case for me. Like I'm envious of roles and I'm envious of opportunities and and stuff like that. Like Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett's whole story is kind of amazing just because the time period that she got her own show, was writing her own material, producing her own show. Like that is just kind of like, holy fucking shit. That's amazing. Um, and I'm, I'm at a loss uh, for any other answers. I'm sorry. I wasn't, pre- I wasn't, right. Carol I Burnett seems prepped. to be the landing point. No, I didn't, I didn't send you any questions. I should have prepped too. I just made that question up on the fly. So uh, we're doing great today. Did we're doing you, great today. Did you have actors in your formative years that you were like, yeah, that guy's career. I want that. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess it was kind of like more like career. St- Again, I was like, like you, I wasn't very much like, well, this person's an amazing actor. It was more like, oh, they are doing a bunch of cool shit that I'm into. Uh, I was like I was influenced a lot by Bruce Willis is not the best actor yeah, in the world. Terrible actor. No, he's a fucking and terrible actor. I wouldn't actor. necessarily no, no. say that you know his career is something that I want for myself. So it's kind of it's hard with a question like that. You're like, am I splitting hairs? No, this just well, it's. Some people are like are attracted to the actor. Some people are attracted to the projects the actor yeah. does because that's one thing Bruce Willis did was in his start he chose the right projects that worked for him, and most of them happen to be the down and out cop who probably has an alcohol problem but is going to end up saving the day mainly because he just has to, and he's really good at that. I role. love that. And when he came on the scene for me, it was uh, Moonlighting and Die Hard, like two like opposite ends. Here's his funny role where he's like the the dorky cool guy who's also like down on his luck and blah, 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 but he's also really funny. And then he's got the badass in Die Hard where he's also really funny. Where I was a kid who was very awkward and weird who leaned on humor to, to take away the fact that I was, you know, made of sticks and, and transparent in wow. skin color is, you know, and just made fun of for being so pale and all this kind of stuff that I was like, oh, I can, he's funny, so I can attach myself to him. So that's kind of where that influence. It wasn't like, man, Bruce Willis really knows how to fucking work a room because he doesn't apparently. He's a terrible actor, you know. He's using an earpiece on Broadway to have somebody feed him his lines. I'm like, come on, dude. He's tired. I didn't get into acting to be like you. For he's that bullshit. tired, but he's tired. He's also, tired. He's, he's, and he's and he's you, grumpy. I think and, that, and I've heard this. Uh, I've heard this before. If you do something physical, then you have that muscle memory. So, like dancers, it's really easy for them to pick up movements, regardless of what it is or if they've been trained in that style. It's just far easier for them to pick up a movement and remember it. Whereas stage actors, because we memorize an entire fucking script in its whole in order to perform it, that is a muscle that we work. Bruce Willis isn't used to performing full-length plays. He's used to doing movies. No, that guy's... Or TV These guys used to remember yeah. in 10 lines for the day and then maybe kind of running for 30 minutes. And then he's going to be in his trailer. It's taking a nap. Sounded really snarky. I mean... 
it's sad when you find your heroes are assholes. Never meet your heroes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Never meet your heroes. But yeah, I'm with you. It's more like influential in style or, you know, things like that rather than the actual like technical skill of an actor as i've gotten older you know i find like uh, i think like people like gary oldman is an incredible like actor as far as should have an oscar things like that you know hashtag yeah, give you know, an oscar kind of to fucking gary gary oldman gary oldman so yeah as i've gotten older and became an actor i found that there, there were actors who influenced me as far as like style and things like that go but when i was growing up it was more just like oh i want to do shit like that I want to be like that, you know. Uh, also influenced a lot by Harrison Ford, but not Harrison Ford as an actor. Uh, Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, yeah. you know, because he's like, oh fuck, that's a really cool role, and you could do stuff like he that. Yeah, so that would be awesome career, to do. Going from Carpenter to oh, movie Ricardo star, Henry, um, and you know, Tom Hanks. We were in actually catalog. now that I'm warming up to this subject. We were, I think. <laughs> On our road trip to Tennessee, we had a discussion about Tom Hanks and his career and just how, mm-hmm. like, I remember Bosom Buddies. You know what I mean? I, I, I always, Such a it, I, thought good it was, show. I thought it was awesome and the premise is kind of amazing. Um, and it was gender bending mm-hmm. in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tom Hanks is charismatic enough and, and funny enough where he was able to pull off that TV show and then transform it into a prolific career where. The world is holding hands and saying prayers. So, because Tom Hanks and Rita got fucking COVID. Got COVID, yeah. <laughs> the like, world is like, please, Tom not die. Tom Hanks. Please don't take, take Rita. Don't take Rita either. Take Rita. Rita's, <laughs> Rita's gold. Without, no, what Rita's amazing. Come on now. He'd be nothing. He'd be absolutely nothing. Because you know, she probably is just sitting behind the scenes now going, Tom. You need to fucking do this, and you need to chill the fuck out. I'm going to keep you on track, because that's what good wives do. If you have a good wife, they keep you on track for not being a fucking asshole. And that's why I'm not as much of an asshole as I used to be, because of you. So thank you for making me not less, less Thank you asshole. for making me more of one. More of <laughs> And that statement sounded very weird. The That's what good wives do, is they make a better man. No, that's not what I meant by that. I... It's, I took it's it as a compliment. More the supportive side is what I meant. Okay, I didn't mean it in a shitty way. It was like that. No, see, a good, like, good wife is support. Like a good husband is supportive. Almost, you know? A good wife partner. Is, ooh, that's I great. Say. That's a really nice description. A good partner. Why'd you fuck? Why fuck that up? It's not. It's not dependent on who you are, what you got in your pants. It's more about who you are as a person and as a partner. You got to be perfect. There. That's all. I think when you say stuff like wife or husband, at this point in my life, it almost sounds like a career title. It's a job. Yeah. It's not necessarily yeah. humanistic. It's like obligatory. You know what I mean? It, it has some connotations of several generations behind me that I didn't do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so hearing, hearing like comes- wifely duties or husbandly duties, it's like, ew, that sounds yeah. like somebody telling me a job description that I... I I, I was okay with, but I really just needed a job. <laughs> right, right. I'm like, right? I don't really like, like. I guess I'll do that shit, but I mean, I don't fucking. I don't want to do okay, that, no, but I need a job. I need right. insurance. Yeah. So partner, <laughs> saying partner yeah, is, just that is heavy. I think it's a better way to describe it because it's absolutely you know halfway to partnership, and that's really what marriage is. It's a partnership. Oh my god, yes. Oh yeah, every day it's a partnership. You got to. 
Because if not, it's just misery, and that's not. That what is a we're Stephen King novel, and I think that is no Stephen... one wants to be chopping anyone's legs off. And we were just, and that goes back to Bruce Willis because that was the play he was doing with the earpiece. <gasps> I didn't was know Missouri. that. With Laurie Metcalf. I bet Laurie Metcalf was fucking furious because you know that bitch works her ass off. Oh yeah. Oh come on. All right. Now that we're now we're going into like Laurie Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf. I had no idea when I was watching Roseanne that I was watching. Such a talented human being. Oh, she's so good. She's so good. She can do anything on the turn of a dime. Just boom. Hey, hey, Lori, we need this. Okay. Well, I don't. You know, I and I, I, I would, I would say that's an unfair assumption on her because she might be the kind of good? person that puts a lot of thought. Like when you, like Sheldon's mom. Like ever since she came on and started doing that character, I've always, I, I, I. I you see a fully thought out human being. Oh. Even pushed to some of the caricaturish choices that those those guys go through. Like mm-hmm. you still see it as a fully human 360 individual. So I feel that she probably has a pretty thorough process where she is justifying and writing out and creating this character. And then the other half is kind of like taking that base and reacting to everything else through that lens. Cause Mm -hmm. she's a stage actress. She's like me. That's what I do as an artist. So I'm just assuming that Laurie Metcalf is just as good. Just like you. (laughs) Yeah. She seems like a thoughtful actor. She seems like somebody who is creating a world and creating a character with which to react to in the moment. And yeah. I, for for me as a performer and as a storyteller, that's my goal. That's where I'm comfortable living. I, other people operate differently. And it's not to say mm-hmm. like right or wrong. But when I see her characters, I'm always like, damn, like there's just so many nuances that that you're like... That's not a normal actor. Like normal television actors and aren't that f- fluffy and and just delicious right. and you can't unsee and now you see because of her portrayal of that mother, you see Sheldon's character in a different light. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's how Yeah. God damn, you know that's why there's a young Sheldon spin-off is because of Laurie Metcalf. I can trace it. That's a and- whole nother podcast, Kevin. I'm sorry. <laughs> We've run over our four minutes. But we should definitely start a Laurie Metcalf podcast. Just a Laurie Metcalf yeah. podcast? Dude, I am in. We got the time. Because how many what Let's do we, a Laurie Metcalf we've got podcast? A buffet of uh of stories with which to pick oh, from. Should we just we should just do a, a Lori Metcalf podcast where we run through her um, her library of work, while at the same time see if we can't find people here in Chicago that have worked with Lori Metcalf, so we can get stories of behind the scenes of Lori. If you're listening and you worked with Lori Metcalf, <laughs> please reach out to Big Talk Podcasts. That's plural at gmail.com. Big Talk Podcasts at b i g t a l k. 
Podcasts. P O D C A S T S. Rum at gmail.com. Yeah, even if you ran into um, that beautiful fucking cunt in the grocery store. Like, hey. Did you just call Lori Metcalf a beautiful fucking cunt? Can you take offense when you when you go full B A C? I don't even know what beautiful you're talking ass about cunt. anymore. Oh, is that. <laughs> I went full BAC on Lori Metcalf. You did. You did great. Sorry, Lori. Lori Metcalf, we think you're wonderful. And we're going to tag Hashtag you all BAC the fucking BAC for this. life. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Four minutes with Kim. That's the, that's the new segment. It's called Four Minutes it with Kim. It's actually And we are over minutes. our four minutes. Sorry. I'm minutes sorry. Uh, no, don't be sorry. I love talking with you about this stuff. And now that we've got a new Lori Metcalf podcast, this is fucking <laughs> wonderful. Uh, cause I really want to talk to you about this when we meet back in the living room in a few minutes. Um, Kimmy, <laughs> I think it's time now that we, uh, reach out to what we're calling viewer questions. It's not viewers. We're not calling it that, but I'm just changing the subject and I'm great with transitions. Uh, Shall last I spin time the wheel? we had, yeah, do it. <laughs> oh my goodness. One of your favorite humans and, and, and the rest of the world, it's Amy Guth. Amy Guth. This time we went to our past guests instead of some friends. Be like, hey, you got some questions for going on? And I guess I, was, I, wrote, I wrote a few people. And I was like, hey, if you have three questions. And within five minutes, the journalist writes back with <laughs> ten questions. <laughs> She's, of course, of course. I love Amy Guth. She's always ready she to go. She also asks really good questions. I I inherit as a person who likes to ask a lot of questions, regardless of how simple the scenario is. I really appreciate her brain because mm. I always can ask a question. I always like I wonder. And she's already got four more going. I wonder this yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Amy Guth, you Guther, Guther. Can we call? I don't know what's going on. Uh, so we've chosen three. Of Amy Guth's questions. Just three? How many did she today. submit? She's literally sent 10. I asked for wow. three. She sent 10. I want to break them up so we can have multiple episodes. She funded like four episodes. Wow. So we've chosen Thank three you, for this episode. Amy Guth. She's inquisitive. Uh, Kimmy, start us off. What was Amy Guth's first right. question? Question number one. Do you believe in ghosts? And if so... I would like to hear a spooky, ghosty... I'm going to do that again. Can I do that again? I'm going to do it again. Yeah, <clears throat> take two. Here, I'll give you... I'll yeah, give you yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Right, here we go. Kim, what's Amy Guth's first question? Question number one. Do you believe in ghosts? And if so, Amy would like to hear about a spooky, ghosty thing that you have experienced. Mm. Well, thank you, Amy. Thank you, Amy Guth, for sending in That's that question. That's a good question. Um, Timely question. Great question. We're, we're, I we're love that question. We're close to Halloween. I've, I've already put out some Halloween stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's getting time, spooky it's up time, in this motherfucker. So, um, but yes, I do personally believe in ghosts. I believe that... <laughs> I believe that when we die, we put off an energy, and that energy is either negative or positive, but sometimes that energy just sits around because it doesn't know where to go. Is there science behind that? No. Go fuck yourself. But it's not about... I've got vaccines, There's so There's a supernatural I can, I can TV show. Yeah, yeah. That's supernatural TV show. Science. Dean Winchester said I could fucking say this, so it's totally fine. <laughs> um, but yes, I do believe in ghosts. 
Uh, I do believe that there are uh, energies left around here. Uh, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. Um, uh, have I had a spooky thing happen to me? Um, I'll give you two quick stories. One, uh, our friend Kim, Jamie Shiles, uh, and his now wife Holly live in a small house in Pascagoula, Mississippi. Uh, and when Holly moved in, she said that she saw a small boy run from their spare room into the bathroom, into the bathtub, and disappear. And I nope. uh, saw that on, <laughs> no, on multiple occasions. Nope. Uh, and so, like in the house uh, that they lived in. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nope. She sat on the couch, looked to the right, and saw a little boy run out of the dark room into the bathroom and then, then disappear. Nope. Um, so she invited myself and my best friend growing up, who uh, Lynn Burton, who was an amateur uh, ghost hunter. Uh, and I was also very interested in it as well. And we went and ghost hunted their house and did some EVP recordings. And one day I got a recording from Lynn who just said, listen between this time and this time. And that was it. And when I went to that time, I listened, and it was a time where we had Holly asking questions, and she was like, what's your name? And I know I, I forgot the exact name, so I'm going to make up a name for this one, but you heard Eric. And it was like, oh, shit. And I was like, I wrote him back. I was like, did he say Eric at this time? And he was like, yes, yes. I never, he never once said listen for a name. He never said once listen for anything specific. He said, just listen. And that's what I heard. And um, there was a couple of other things on there that we picked up that were just like, that's very unexplainable. So there was that. Uh, and also there was my grandmother who apparently had some some abilities, we'll say. Uh, of things like she had uh, a dream about uh, a gentleman that showed up at her back door one day that wanted to see his son and she couldn't figure out what he was talking about and he said he needed to see his son before he left and he pointed to her backyard and there was a big light and she's like I don't know what you're talking about I've got one son but he's not here he's in Vietnam this is back in the day uh, I don't know what you're talking about and then she woke up and then a day or two later she was looking in the newspaper and found a picture uh, in the obituaries and the picture was of the man that was in her dream mm. and he was um, he had passed away from an illness but the thing was is that he actually had a son who was in Vietnam who had gotten permission to come home because his dad was sick and didn't get home in time before his father passed away mm. so he was looking for his son because he knew he was supposed to be coming home and so my grandmother had things going on like Damn. that that's a whole other podcast but yes I do believe in ghosts and that's a spooky thing Kim, do you believe in ghosts? Yeah, I'm. 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 Uh, we're very similar. I believe that the human mind a can create things, mm-hmm. manifest potentially things, but also that there's obviously some sort of omniscient energy source that some people have labeled gods, and some people mm-hmm. have labeled. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I believe in the energy and I believe that you can't destroy energy. Well, black holes. Anyway. um, Yeah. (laughs) But I've never actually had an episode. I've had, I've never seen anything specific. I've never, I've had feelings I've had feelings mm-hmm. of being watched. I, I've had feelings um, that I've seen something out of the corner of my eye. I mm-hmm. At the factory theater, when we first moved into the building, I started a joke <laughs> about a ghost cat. But 
I thought out of the corner of my eye, I saw a cat dart out and then I felt something rub up against my leg. But I, I know that my mind can create that to make up additional storyline to things I'm experiencing with my senses. Yeah, I think most people call that past drug use. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all actually as plastic. Um but I've never I've never seen anything. I've I've, I've half of me absolutely wants to experience a ghost. And half of me is actually like Meow. But I used to hang out in when I was in high school, I would I was that kid that hung out in the cemetery. Oh gross. I actually thought well, cemeteries to me were actually really <laughs> really really peaceful. No, absolutely. I've, of course, I, I've always of course did there. got spooked out and creeped out on occasions but ultimately it was just such a quiet place so quiet i had i unfortunately was raised catholic so i was forced into that um respect the dead situation you just don't hang out in cemeteries because that's disrespectful Mm. and also haunted so i just never hung out in those places but yeah you know we had very old cemeteries where i grew up so like you never know what the fuck was going on there um ghosts question number two how has the pandemic changed you so far uh the pandemic this is a loaded question this is a lot it's a lot but i'll 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 keep mine i'll i'll bullet point mine because i i I, I, I was thinking about this a minute ago no no my i think for me it made me a little more aware of trying to go for what I want because we are in a spot in our lives where like, yeah, you know, I'm 46 years old. I don't have too much more time in my life. So I need to be (laughs) where I want to be as much as possible. And and it could go away at any second. You know, you could get COVID for one hot second and all of a sudden just be dead two days later. So like for me, I wanted to change what I do and change how I live. And we've been talking about it. I've recently just got a new job and that was (laughs) something that I really wanted to go after. Um, I was done with the the stuff that I was doing before and I wanted to try something new and I really wanted to try something that was all remote and we could live and be at home and have a better life, uh, work-life balance. And so I was lucky enough to get a new job so I can do that. So that's one thing I, that changed for me was really valuing the idea of what extraneous stuff can I cut out of my life? Things like waiting for the bus in the middle of January to go to an office to do work when I could just stay at home in my warm, cozy place, be happier and be more productive. And I was lucky enough to change my mindset on that and then change my life into getting a new job for that. So that's what changed the most for me. How about you, Kim? Oh, can we skip this one? Yeah, if you want to. I mean, my, yours, your answer, your answer is awesome. And I've been really, really fortunate to have been a part of that life experience. And I'm I'm excited for you, uh, and well, you're next, right, so. right, right. But for me, the the biggest change that the pandemic has wrought for me is that I have completely second guessed my talent, my purpose, uh, doing theater, storytelling. Like, it's it's made me it, it's made me feel vulnerable at the at the like the one. Outside of marrying you, like the one thing I fucking love, which is telling stories, doing theater, 
like it's put it in absolute jeopardy. I think there's now a point where you'll find different ways to tell those stories. And it just may not involve the same kind of stuff as it did before, but it's just a different way to do it. And that's the exciting part because then we're breaking that pattern of the same old ways. So I think that's, it's an exciting thing. So I also, as you might feel, it's a kind of a negative, understandable. I'll see it as a positive as well too, because it's giving you the opportunity to tell new stories in different ways. There's that optimism. Uh, Optimism. Got a habit. Otherwise, what's the point? What's the point? To get a puppy. Question. To get a dog. To get a puppy. That's <laughs> a puppy. Hey, question number three. What's a weird thing about you? If I was clean shaven, this is... You, you know how a lot of times when you go to new places and they make you fill out a forum and they're like, tell us one interesting yeah, fact about yeah, yourself yeah, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. you stand That's out. That, uh, this, this is, is that question. This is that question. And this is my same answer that it has been all of my life. If I were clean shaven, you would see that on the left side of my face, I have a percent sign. Pre-kindergarten, I was bitten by a dog on my face, and I have a diagonal scar from where his tooth ripped my face open. Mm -hmm. And then on either side of that, on an opposite diagonal, I have two chickenpox scars that are just dots, which make a percent sign stamped in the side of my face. And that is what I have going on for me. You, Kim? A weird thing about you is... That. Wait, not me. Yeah, you. no, no, What's no. I'm going to answer this way. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, I had never experienced a true extrovert, like the full functioning extrovert. The idea of you're in a in a in a funky place, and you're like, I need to go see people. And because of that environment of other people, you can get that funky place into a great place with that energy. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't, I'd, I kind of knew what extroverts were. And you could see like at a bar or at a party, somebody being extroverted. But that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily translate into that person as an extrovert. And after being with you for fucking 30 years or whatever, how long we've we've known each other. It's, it's, I see what, how an extrovert functions. And it's so weird to me. (laughs) So (laughs) fucking weird. So you're saying the weird thing about me is that I'm an extrovert. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, from my perspective, being an extroverted introvert, or that's at least how I qualify myself. It's, it's so weird seeing somebody being able to kind of reset themselves in in a public space like in a bar talking to people being gregarious you know what i mean like that to me being in a funky place or feeling like really really sensitive or vulnerable that's like worst case scenario that's like oh you want to fuck yourself up even more then you should definitely go to a bar and try and be friendly to people when you're upset see it's nice because i just like to uh, then i can uh, just um drink and not focus on the other shop but it's i mean that's <laughs> weird that you can just let it go you, you you saw tabitha on the porch last night building that spider web you saw how she dropped down so low and then she just let that piece of silk like drift into the air and she's like that's just 
for those listening, we have a spider on our porch. We have many spiders on our porch. That's who she's speaking of. Is an actual spider named Tabitha. Literal. Literally. Kim. Hey, Kimmy. Hey, babe. We did it. We did it. We did it. We did another episode together. Congratulations on this new episode. How long was the how long was the episode? Ah, too long for those listening. I've cut it down. What was the goal of the the, the length of the episode for this? Like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. How long have we been doing this? 40? It looks like about 50 and a half, according to my counter. Before we get rolling, I, as always, do want to say a very big thank you to Jason Moody for our kick-ass theme song. Man, Jason and Moody. Even though we... And even though we didn't do it this time, because, you know, we did three questions last time, and there's the same three questions, so I, I can't do them multiple times. Uh, uh, Corbett Pasco, who does uh, the same uh, the same three question stinger every episode. Thanks for doing that. You'll hear it next episode. Um, but we did it. Yay! Will you ever do an episode with Jason Moody? Yes. Done. Who Jason the fuck Moody, are you? Get ready. With Jason Moody. Absolutely. People need to know about his fucking skills. All right, we'll have Jason Moody on next episode. Well, maybe not next episode. We'll have pre-recorded some interviews. But we'll have Jason Moody on. Uh, maybe we'll have uh, Jason Moody on our next episode of Getting to Know Your Host. Mm. Yeah, maybe we'll have guests within our short episodes, which is supposed to be our short episodes that turn into long episodes. And we'll have little guests inside of our little guest shows. I don't this know. Is, this is turning out to be If a, I were a me, heat. I would listen to us. <laughs> okay, on that note. Join us next time when we sit down with a new guest and we ask them that burning question. Who, Who the, the fuck, fuck are, are you? Blah, blah, blah. Big talk.